what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know if it even started. <laughs> and rewind. <laughs> hey. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. I'm doing the same thing. Yes, I see you. And you have finally caught up with the red summer train. Okay. I'm there. But Hanifa Walida coming at you. And I am Red Summer. Hey, babies. And we are your gay aunties. What's up? What's up? Um, yes, episode number 50-50. I'm gonna get one of them horns, you know. Um, so anyway, we have a great show for you today, our 50th episode. Whoa, and reminder, reminder yes, after this episode, Red and I are going on a one month break, so stay with us. We'll still keep updating the site, not the site, the um, the IG page. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, we're still here and alive, and we're coming back at you. Um, but uh, you are, we are going to take a month off, the month of August, and then we'll see you guys um, uh, the first week of September. We're here. Yeah. You guys, you hear us. <laughs> What's going on in the world? Um, fuckery. <laughs> Just more fuckery, basically. <laughs> Generally, you know, I try to like dig myself out of the the hole to see what's happening when we're gonna. <laughs> record see what's going on in current events i know it's it's unsettling um it's more than unsettling and 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 maybe you know as older people we can look back on the whole trajectory of this country and kind of see the slow how we actually got to this point Mm -hmm. so nothing is a surprise but you know i braced myself like i was telling you earlier i watched a show on hbo called um years and years and mm-hmm. it basically follows this one family that basically is like a microcosm of um all kinds of humans black white disabled gay lesbian you name it. everybody's up in this one family and it follows this family um both personally and also the political environment political and social environment around them as it, each episode is like it jumps like a few years into the future you know um and the way it's so brilliant, it's an English show. It's so brilliant because the way they subtly show how the political and social or the social political dynamics of the world, which starts off in 2019 and very similar to now, okay, um, slowly affects and impacts this family in a very real and concrete way, you know. And it's it's eye opening because you can see all, not for nothing some of it's happening already, but mm-hmm. it's really really eye opening. I really implore any, everyone to watch. Um, this show called Years and Years on HBO, if you have uh, HBO. But we're, we're talking about this because Fool, you know, came out his ass again. You know, we had this whole week of the Mueller report or whatever that was, you know. Yeah. Um, and then he came out his ass again. You know, he uh, completely insulted um, one of our elders, the Congressman Cummings from um, Baltimore, basically because Cummings had critiqued him, um, as we all do these days, because he is worthy of critique big time. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Trump's going to come back at him on, you know, won't you take care of your, your rat roach infested, you know, nasty ass district. Um, oh, which... wait. Isn't Trump from New York? Mm. Oh, okay. I'm just sorry. <laughs> and the thing with New York is, I don't care where you live, honey, you got a rat somewhere up mm. in there. You mm. know, or, you know, in the walls or somewhere in the basement. <laughs> they're, they're, 
because New Yorkers got rats and we got roaches. I don't care what economical status you come from, mm-hmm. you know. It's and I know they live in Trump Tower, honey, because that's a nasty <laughs> ass place up in there. <laughs> <laughs> don't get it twisted. You ever been in Trump Tower? That shit is nasty. That shit it looks mm. like it's straight from the '80s and ain't been tucked since. Dang. You know, and they so didn't have it. <laughs> and, then, and yeah, and then you have that's it. So, so we call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking about. I saw this like little clip of uh, it was saying that I wish Fox News covered Trump the way that they cover Obama, and literally they just took clips of them talking about President Obama, right? And it it wasn't it was just clips about Obama, and <laughs> literally everything that they said was so wrong with Obama is exactly what Trump is doing, <laughs> like. To the letter. Even they were so upset because um, President Obama posted a tweet. And they were like, do you have time to sit on Twitter when you should be running the country? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh hello? <laughs> and this one runs it via Twitter. He literally runs right. the country via Twitter. Right. We don't even know what's going on until he tweets it. We have become an open source country. Complete... <laughs> Complete and utter transparency to our detriment. Right, right. <laughs> Nothing is classified. Nothing. At all. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's really interesting. And the Republican Party is so focused, like hyper-focused on either, one, racism, like, <laughs> like white supremacy, or just party allegiance that they just are absolutely clueless to how horrible we look as a country. Not even just saying just specifically the the Republicans, but the Republican representation mm-hmm. of the United States has made us look absolutely inept on the world stage. And they and and they're and they're completely going contrast to what they say they believe. They believe in small government and and bringing, you know, in fiscal responsibility. And under Trump, 22 trillion dollars is now our deficit Mm. when it was a fraction of that with obama obama was able to get us up a square and actually clinton did the same thing yeah he was able to get us up square and then bush came in and fucked us up again obama came Mm -hmm. up got us right this fool comes in fucked us up again because it's, it's about their own personal gain like they get in and they make sure that they and all their homies are rich and then they bounce like and they don't care if they burn. The no, they don't just bounce. Down. They keep going. They keep staying in there and doing the same thing. <laughs> right. They like, bring their brother in and then their cousin in and then they. <laughs> exactly. Like there's no there's no reason why Mitch McConnell. All right. Um, mm-hmm. Should be blocking bills to secure our elections. Clear. Very mm. clear, straightforward. We got to protect our shit. Like, you know, paper backup. Real simple implementation to protect our elections. And he's blocking these bills. And it just came out that this, that, um, what's that? You know what? I ain't going to try to pronounce this Russian <laughs> name. But it's, a, it's, a, it's a Russian oligarch, all right? Okay. Just invested all this money in Kentucky. Um, uh, like some big plant or, or what have you. And I'm sure homie got kicked back. You know mm. what I mean? And it's like, so... Who are you in pockets to, homie? Like, is this, wow. you know, at first I just thought this is just you trying to make moves here. Like, okay, we'll just, you know, back this fool, you know, and then we make our moves. <laughs> but are you getting, are you getting some money too, homie? You know what right, I'm saying? They right. got you, they got you too, you know? So, 
whatever. Um, let's move on because I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah. I can't. Um, but well, in more positive news mm-hmm. lately, um, there was an article saying that uh, Nas and Will Smith are okay. joining together on an app to promote financial literacy for oh. young people. Isn't that nice? Yes, I, I wish I wish rappers were that astute when we uh, were young, because I would, you know, be in a better place. Yeah. <laughs> Let's help the youngins out, you know what I'm saying? Shoot. Well, like, I think having different conversations, right? So if rappers are just talking about selling drugs, then mm-hmm. all people know about culture-wide is selling <laughs> drugs, right? But when you start talking, like, seeing the shift in talking about um, investing. I even heard a rapper the other day say that he had put aside a million dollars for the wedding. And I was like, what? Rapper's talking about weddings now? <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't know none of y'all was married, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The way the, 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 the machine is set up, it didn't promote marriage. It didn't promote, like, uh, monogamy or you know any of those types of scenarios so I'm just I do have to say that I'm excited about especially having elders in the rap game yeah. right mm-hmm. who are shifting their focus who are able to affect the culture in that way well, which is a beautiful thing. This is what happens when actually rappers get to live to, well, finally, now every, you know, the quote-unquote founding generation or golden age generation of rappers are actually coming of truly of age or, you know, they're becoming grown. You know, not many rappers live past 20-something. You know what I mean? Or the ones we would like to have lived to see where their, not just their art, but just who they are as a human being grows because we've never really had a reference of what it is to be grown. Like hip hop has yeah. always had a very young, young. identity. Yeah. And that has made it unique, um, a unique genre because every other genre, you can actually grow old in that genre. Mm-hmm. And keep doing your thing in hip hop. Right. It's still it's, be relevant. Yeah, it's still be relevant. Yeah, but hip hop, nah, nah, nah. You know, so mm-hmm. it's good that I'm, I'm really glad to uh, um, hear that. And even you know, you know, people. She's not hip hop, but maybe she's hip hop R and B, like Rihanna. You know, um, has also been like an excellent example. Like, cause I think a lot of kids like it's like become a rapper, get rich. They don't see what's in between. Like yeah. getting rich is not getting a signing bonus. Mm-hmm. Getting rich is like you don't really get rich for a, a little bit once you're in the industry, and and you really don't get rich until you invest correctly because you can't yeah. just get rich over money you make on music. Yeah, yeah. Rihanna yeah. being a perfect example because people are like exactly. You know, People are like, bitch, when you come out with a song, she's like, bitch, Fenty making me mad, Lou, more than fucking music. <laughs> Why would I make a song? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's business. But you know even what I'm like owning distribution now, like even owning like the way that that your music is 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 shared with the world and and having more saying that, like I'm I'm here for <laughs> the way that this thing is going, especially financially. I, yeah. I love seeing more people talking about investing in properties and businesses and and opening up new things, investing in companies. Um, apparently Nas has, and I saw when he was going through his child support stuff, mm-hmm. then it was like, oh, he's paying like a hundred thousand dollars a month. And I was a like, month? Nas got a hundred thousand dollars a month. 
So he's paying, so he paying $1.2 million a year on child support? I was support? like, yo, how is that possible? But Nas is heavily invested in a whole lot of stuff that he's not talking about, like, you know, promoting. Which he shouldn't, publicly. which he shouldn't. Right? Yeah, but yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what made me really start paying attention to it. So even like the young rappers, I don't know, um, the one that uh, Cardi's married to, like, apparently he's like, Buying oh, Quato up the block. Or, or, yeah, yeah, one of one them. them. The, Migos. Yeah, one of them. See, don't give me. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like apparently buying up a lot of like property. Mm-hmm. Like that's his thing. Um, and that was, you know, something that was part of his family, like his, his upbringing. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm all for it. More of it. More Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> And the last, let's see, last we get a little tomfoolery-ish. Um, so this yes. woman um, <laughs> in Sweden, <laughs> so you know we talking about Asaph Rocky, this woman was arrested for allegedly threatening to blow up the Swedish embassy over ASAP Rocky, if they didn't free ASAP um, Rocky. So wait, she's in Sweden blowing up the American embassy or she's in America no, the Swedish the Swedish embassy? Oh, that I don't know. I just read the headline. But um, it it don't really matter. Now do it because <laughs> um, first of really? all, ma'am, sit thine ass down. Ain't nobody thinking about ASAP Rocky because ASAP Rocky ain't thinking about your ass. He told you he don't care what black people are going through in America because he lives a lavish life. <laughs> far, far, far removed from the majority of the negritude. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yes. and and I get that, but I, I, I do have a, you know, I actually agree on Charlemagne on this, Charlemagne the guy oh, on this, and I don't agree that? with him on much. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, the focus really shouldn't be, okay, yes, he came out his ass, it was like, I have overcome, so later for y'all. I'm not mm-hmm. reaching back. I'm not going to help that brother up or that sister up. Yeah. I'm not going to give back. I'm not even going to look back. Mm. Okay? He he has clearly, at least with that statement, he made that self himself clear. That is his personal journey. Um, and we see where karma has led him. Exactly. But that <laughs> <laughs> that is aside from the fact that this is an unjust thing that is happening. They are holding this guy, even though it was clear on the video that he was accosted and it was self-defense, they are holding him, and I feel making him an example in some way, shape, or form. Here's his rich nigga in Sweden. Sweden is not some utopia of non-racial crap, okay? Mm-hmm. First, we got to find a Negro there anyway. But they're yeah. there. But they have I mean? a, another focus. Like, one, mm-hmm. they have a lot of African immigrants in Sweden oh, yes. that they are working on, but they also are, like, against the Armenians or somebody, like, is, like, yeah, their exactly. top. Yeah, some random other ethnic group is their top one that's kind of like America does the Mexicans. Exactly. <laughs> so if we can find a way to, say, to separate the two, because... We can't, you can't be wishy-washy with it. Injustice is injustice is injustice. Regardless of who's in the jail, if you don't fight for, if you don't fight for the injustice, period, mm-hmm. then the next time it is going to be someone you care more about. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So you got to kind of stay to the grill. But yes, it is, it is, you know, yeah, he played himself, you know. It's like, it's hard to really stomp for him when you know where he personally, so it's, it's less about free ASAP Rocky. It's like a nigga need to be safe in Sweden. How about that? Mm. 
a negotiator to roam wherever <laughs> in yeah. Sweden and, 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 and have a sense of, of freedom, you know, um, not just Sweden, but everywhere, but, mm-hmm. you know, so. Well, here's the thing. This is what black people was trying to tell you, ASAP. <laughs> This is what people were saying. And they were asking you to use your platform to voice like some kind of stance on this. You didn't want to, and now you have to. Now you have to. Well, I mean, all he, well, let's be clear. He don't, he ain't necessarily, necessarily taking a stance other than the stance of, can y'all get me the fuck Let out of here? Let me go. They're, yeah, they right. treating me like shit in here or whatever, whatever. You know, they had mm. him in a holding thing and he felt he was being treat, treated inhumane. I had mentioned before I had um, a bandmate who was, you know, who was Swedish and and, and actually a brother mm-hmm. <laughs> and was in the Swedish. Um, he got locked up for some shit. And, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't bad. You know what I mean? I mean you, don't, you don't have your freedom, but it wasn't like, you know, you know, you know, niggas, you know, scraping the bars with the with the with the cups with and the shit. Cup. And, 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 you know, and you scared to bend down to pick up your soap. It wasn't rough like that. It was kind of, you know, he had his own little thing. And anyway, so. The, the tell of the take to be when he is released. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he doesn't have something to say that not just to, that that's not just focused on him, but focused on the broader problem, then he can truly kiss my black ass. So you're going to spend time in jail, have all, all you got to do is time to meditate. That's yeah. all the time you got to do. Yeah. Ain't nobody stressing you. You just mm-hmm. sitting there, you know? So if you don't come out with a, uh, with a, with a changed mind around these issues, yeah. Then, then I say boycott all your music. Fuck you. You know what I mean? Like really, fuck you. Yeah. You know. Um. So we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Whatever. Well, let's move to on. Switch gears to somebody <laughs> who has something to say. Hey. <laughs> you know what? I don't even have. I don't even have the gay aunties join up. Hold on. Let me. Let me. Let me plug in. Yes. So we got before, a before we get into that, let's do the first little, the little, the, the, the shorter letter okay. of appreciation. Okay, a couple letters. <laughs> <laughs> I'll read this really short one of appreciation. Um, It is from... She says, hey, y'all, just finished listening to episode 49. Another real smoker. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I don't mean to put those affects on there. But anyway, kudos for a slamming program. Love you both madly. You are definitely on point about we queer women need some type of hand signal, sign, dress code. Yes, colors <laughs> or, you know, whatever so that we can identify one another. My issue is that I am femme presenting, which is a conundrum for me. Often I see in or meet other femme presenting women and I don't have a clue yes it's, it's like walking around and she didn't say that i'm just i'm reacting to what she's saying it's just like walking around blind on several occasions she continues i didn't realize the women um the woman was queer until after the fact or after i've blown my shot and she's moved on this is not just an issue facing the young set many of us queer ogs have difficulty recognizing one another especially in professional environments i still fear approaching folks due to the possibility of misidentification, embarrassment, or rejection with all that might entail. I'm really going to miss your valuable insights, humor, and brilliance while you're on vacation. However, your time off for rest, relaxation, fun, and recovery is well-deserved. Yes, it is, honey. Um, <laughs> warmly. Um, oop, she said pseudonym. Oop, I, I don't know, why you need a pseudonym for saying what's up, girl? All right, well. Um, oops. <laughs> <laughs> I say the last name. 
Your Earth. name is exactly. Bleep. <laughs> Oops. Um, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Okay, so um, you, you don't need to read the letter. Oh, she said you don't need to read it. But anyway, um, yeah, so thank you. Thank you, person. <laughs> <laughs> for your letter. Thank you, Bleep. <laughs> For your letter. We really yeah. appreciate you. And yeah, um, I guess we're going to have to I'll, figure that yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll bleep it. I'll bleep it out. <laughs> just in case she, for some reason she didn't want her name said. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Yo. Well, <laughs> ju- no, I was saying we're going to have to figure out how to make each other uh, more visible. Oh. So <laughs> we don't have to keep missing our possible connections. I think Femmes just honestly eye contact can be enough. Like intentional eye contact. Like I am open for you to talk to me. <laughs> you know, or a mm-hmm. slight, you know, touch of the maybe the earlobe or, you know, some little with the third finger or something. Or you know, like it's like <laughs> that's the middle finger. Or like the second finger, the index finger. You know? Like <laughs> We're doing possible signs. You know what I'm saying? If y'all have suggestions, you know what I mean? Please holla at oh, some suggestions. Be. You know, but I'll put this, maybe we'll put this on the on the IG page and we'll see what suggestions that the fans come up with. Because y'all got to come up with it. We can't come up with it. We as the mo the people who are attracted to y'all, y'all need to come up with it. Us know to what's comfortable for somebody and how, what will, feels good for okay. you, what keeps you in your femme feel and all of that. And, you know, and you feel it's more like, mm-hmm. you know, subtle and reserved. You don't want to be like, oh, out there, like, bitch, I'm here. What's up? You know, you want to, you know, so suggestions, okay. let's, you know, give us suggestions. Okay. So let's go into the letter. Yes, we have a letter. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it, it is a letter. With all the errs. So um, we said, I think the pseudonym we wanted to give this person, she wanted to be anonymous. We said Annie, I think. Yes. We picked Annie because we just want to know, baby, are you okay? Really? (laughs) We just want to know, Annie. Is you okay? okay? Annie, is you okay? (laughs) Are you okay, Annie? (laughs) All right. Now, Annie, um, we appreciate you because we do always ask you guys to tell us your story. And specificity is a plus. Punctuation Mm -hmm. is a must. Breaking up (laughs) paragraphs are much appreciated. Mm -hmm. Um, But, Annie, your letter is rather long. It's a bit long, Annie. Just a bit. Just a bit. 22 paragraphs. Um, <laughs> just so the viewers understand. So, yes, the details are definitely there. There's. Yes. Yes. So, what we did is we just, if, if you know, um, we want to, we still want to honor your letter by reading it, but we broke it up a little bit. We had to somewhat edit it, um, mm-hmm. and we hope that we got the, the real gist of what, at least what you experienced um, with this woman, um, and then we'll speak on it. Okay. Okay, so me and, because it's a it's somewhat lengthy letter, me and Red are going to kind of go in tandem on the highlights, all right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Annie writes, um, I met this girl at the bar. 
um, a while back. Um, we talked a bit, and she gave me her Facebook info so we could connect. We are both musicians, and she was looking for people to play a gig with her. So I said, yeah, I'd be interested. She ends up hitting me up a few days later asking me if I was still interested in playing her gig. In all honestly, honesty, I was more interested in her than I was of her music, so I decided to give her project a chance. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, during the rehearsal, she kept giving me stares. As I'm reading them, uh, as I'm reading them, as if she thinks I'm cute or something. Okay. So after the rehearsal, she bombarded me as I was packing up my gear and asked if I was doing anything after. So at some point, she made a flirtatious remark of ownership about asking if I was in any other projects and when I answered no her response was good I have you all to myself hmm she also admitted to stalking my Facebook but anyway at the end of the night she walked me to my car and gave me a really long hug and a bracelet from her home country at this point I'm thinking yeah she's probably into me so as time goes on, um, like we would be you know, making constant eye contact, stare for unreasonably long times into each other's eyes, make flirtatious <laughs> remarks, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. while they have, you know, during the rehearsals and all of that, you know, all of that. Um, so my suspicions of her being bi or gay started to rise. Um, she invited, and so now, so she invited the band to a ski resort and I was one, I was the only one who ended up going. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um blah blah blah. Um we ended up going to another club and we were really close in proximity to the point where people were um asking us if me and her were dating. All these guys are trying to hit on her and but she didn't seem very interested in any of them. By the way, she is femme and I am more masculine. At the end of the night, uh the guy she invited, um, this is someone they kind of connected with while they was at the ski resort invited try to make a move on her and she rejected him which made me feel like maybe the whole time um he was like a pawn in her game was trying to make me jealous or something so this is just like a guy that kind of they connected with or she connected with while they was at the ski resort and she kind of brought him into the fold and she was like what the fuck uh? but then she was ignoring him anyway just so y'all know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh when we headed to bed she asked me if i wanted to sleep in the same bed as her because she had a bigger bed and I was sleeping on the pullout bed. And of course, I thought, well, dang, this is my time to make a move. But I'm still unsure about what's going on in her head as far as her sexuality and if she's like into me, into me or what. So we kind of just laid there awkwardly on opposite sides of the bed. And I popped the question, are you gay? And she pretty much said she's not straight, but she's not gay. And is she's kind of on the spectrum between straight and bi. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, like a dork, I asked her, what would you do if I were to kiss you? She was hesitant for a while, and she said, I don't know. So, uh, I didn't know what to do, so I asked if she was into me, and she said she had a little crush on me, and uh, as we were discussing her sexuality a little further, 
she got a little frustrated and we kind of just ended the night there. I asked her if she wanted me to sleep on the couch and she said she doesn't know what she wanted. Mm-hmm. And fast forward. Um, so they're back at rehearsals and everything and um, just trying to keep peace or whatever. So she reminded me um, at the band rehearsal um, about an arm wrestling match she won. And she said, I quote, you owe me dinner. So I eventually take her out to dinner. She said it isn't a date. Um, in a way, she made me feel that she was interested in going out with me, but didn't want any kind of inclusiveness, okay? So we literally went out the same night, and at the end of the night, I drove her, I drove her to her car, and we were sitting in her car for a while. Now, I assumed she probably wanted me to make some kind of move on her, but I just couldn't. Like, I wasn't sure if I was, you know, if I was too insecure on whether or not she was into me or not, but I reached over to unfasten her seatbelt, um, because I made some kind of joke, and the look on her face when I did it was like she was stunned or petrified or something. Oh goodness! God, <laughs> <laughs> like I felt like she, sh like I felt like she thought I was going on, going in for a kiss. And even after that, she was just super hesitant um, on getting out of the car. But at the end of the night, nothing ended up happening. And this is where things started going downhill. <laughs> she started seeming less interested in me. One night she randomly hits me up and uh, one of the other bandmates was having a small writing session. At some point, her and him were laying on the floor really close next to each other and it made me feel uncomfortable in a jealous way. And we talked for a bit and I told her that I was jealous. And I asked her if she was into the dude, and she said no. And she said she doesn't want to have to deal with all this drama and me constantly asking about relationship stuff. And then she, uh, and then she upfront said that there was nothing between me and her. Honestly, it was a relief. It sucked, but I finally got an upfront answer from her. And then. She was silent for a bit. Her friend walked in mid-conversation and we continued to have, wait, and we continued to have the, the conversation in front of her friend and she was just like, her friend already knows about me and her. So I guess she talks to her friend about me or whatever, for whatever reason. Then she said in front of me and her friend, um, if I was into you, you would know. And I got silent and I literally just walked away. And again, she went after me, trying not to make me feel bad or something, but I just went home. She texted me that night, that night, around <laughs> two or three in the morning or something saying <laughs> that <laughs> that's not how she wanted the night to end and that she was sorry that she couldn't be what I wanted her to be for me. Um, then I confronted her and I told her, hey, um, she was giving me these mixed signals and I wish she would just be upfront with me to begin with. Then she said that she made herself very clear <laughs> that she wasn't into me and that's when I kind of lost it. Because she very much wasn't admitting she was being wishy-washy with me. At the end of all of that, she asked me if I still was going to show up for a recording session uh, we were going to do that weekend. Which made me 
um, feel like she didn't care about my feelings or the conversation we were having, but more so wanted to make sure I would still be a part of her project. Mm. I expressed that I felt like I couldn't trust her because I felt like she was playing this card that I experienced in the past where I worked with another female uh, musician who was doing a similar thing as far as giving me strong mix signals to keep me around and exploit me as a gay female uh, musician to portray some kind of band image for her. Whoa. Um, mm. After I said that, she started playing the victim card and said that people only play music with her, just try to fuck her and, and to get with her, which is okay. I mean, which okay. <laughs> Not say it's okay, but which okay. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Um, yes, I joined her project to get with her, but as time went by, I did actually enjoy being in the project. I enjoyed the musicians we worked with, and I enjoyed the dynamic. So also, um, she's also a very talented singer. The only thing is I didn't really feel her music. So I stuck around even still um, for, for, for more than just her. Um, at the end of the day, she stuck around. She committed to the project, right? But it seemed like she was having a fit because I wasn't sure if I still wanted to be a part of her project after I felt like she gaslighted me because she didn't admit to what I felt was manipulation. Hmm. The next day. I know, breathe through it. No, no. <laughs> I'm just still processing. I'm like, no, we're not stopping to talking. Let me just go ahead back to the letter. I mean, we could. I mean. Because <laughs> there's so much. But, I, then, you know, I put my pinpoints. So I, I think I'm good. Okay. The next day, she hits me up and asks if we can talk on the phone. She continued playing the victim and said that she's surprised that I didn't apologize to her because I hurt her feelings. Because I made her revisit her past traumas of men trying to get with her. Meanwhile, she never apologized to me or admitted what she did. Uh, I ended up apologizing anyway and moving on. The next day, uh, when we were editing the video and audio, they did this uh, project together. Mm -hmm. um, so when they were editing the video and audio, I asked her, when are we going to talk about my position on wanting to be in your project or not? And she made a petty remark, which I can't recall. And said she wasn't ready to have that conversation. I felt super disrespected in front of her friend. And I confronted her about it when she was outside by herself. And then we got into a huge argument about everything. I even brought her friend in uh, into it, asking her perspective, trying to lay down the facts. But every time I was trying to bring up my points, it seemed like she didn't want me to finish my thoughts or want her friend to know about what was really happening between us or the lack of <laughs> and what really annoyed me uh was she was telling her friend and her friends and family one thing but not the whole truth she was really trying to make me look bad for whatever reason i also didn't understand why she felt the need to tell everybody our business because it had nothing to do with anybody but me and her like your family for real like, if you weren't into me, then that's fine. I'm not upset about that. I'm upset about you gaslighting me, acting I'm acting like you didn't say the things you said and acting like you weren't giving me mixed signals and then mixing it and then making it seem like I made everything up, it was all in my head and that I'm a bad person and telling this all to your friends and family apparently. So essentially, you're making me look crazy. I know that there is no definitive answer for this. Um, 
uh, but I just would like another perspective. Was it was I was I in the wrong? Um, what did um, it all mean to her? Was she playing me? Did she have feelings for me? But I pushed her. I pushed too. You know, pushed too fast. Um, far, 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 fast or far that she backed away. Um, for all for all of it towards me. Um, okay, you know, did I make, she got a lot of questions. She's like, you know what? She just wants perspective <laughs> on all of this. Side note, she's 27. Um, I'm 24. Oh, I got that. Uh, she's 27. I'm 24. She also has a lot of queer friends, so I don't think she has anything against gay people, nor is she religious. All right. <sighs> that's, that's the, the, <laughs> oh boy, that's the, that's the skinny. That's the, oh, yeah. Oh, oh God. <laughs> um, you want to go first? I think you should. <laughs> I think Listen. you should because, you know, we want to address Annie. Yeah, first. okay, yes. <laughs> Annie, first of all, I want to affirm you... Um, well, as one artist to another, um, well, as one gay, well, shoot, as one masculine gay artist to another, mm. um, I have been in a very similar situation, literally. Um, and so I want to say kudos for you in staying professional, at least seeing the project through, a project mm -hmm. that you committed to. You know, um, the way your, your uh, letter reads... Um, and I have never, I have not made it a secret of how I feel about this particular issue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yes, she was basically doing that straight girl bullshit, in my opinion, um, on two folds. Um, one, she was exercising, experimenting, playing, flirting with her own random thoughts of getting with a girl or playing around but it's all from her sense of control of the situation so she is controlling you this object this person in the context of her project and so she is seeing how she is using you to get off in any way but she still wants to maintain a sense of control and that's where um from your perspective it feels like well it is manipulation you know of which is is, which is the practice of trying to control a situation in, in, in disregard of someone else who was a part of that situation, right? And not seeing you as a full being, right? But also, on another flip, she was completely unprofessional to one, play those stupid games in the context of a project. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? She She's doing more than mixed signals. She's mixing work and bullshit. Not even pleasure, but bullshit. You know, so and then so to come back around and say that, oh, she's tired of people doing this and that and saying that you're doing this and she's just trying to do this work. But she was, according to you, giving you hell of mixed signals, you know, of being very unclear and being wishy-washy, as you say, um, in the context of this project. So, yeah, so I, yeah, so you think like, so am I just this little, this little, um, I don't know, uh, uh fetish thing you're just playing around with but you still want to use my talents because you still as an artist want to get this done but you play mm. at the same time so it's all bullshit so i really want to affirm that yes it sounds like a whole crock of straight girl bullshit um and and her then coming back and 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 trying to make it seem like you're the one that's crazy and telling her friends one thing where it's you know and kind of uh, uh uh taking out the parts her, her bit in it i mean it, i mean it's it's i think a lot of us have been there um I'm going to pause. I'm going to pause. 
I'm gonna pause and let you get in here um, because it yeah. is a yeah. There's a lot here. There but... is a lot, and I think um, so. The the balance side to that, and I even have to be reflective myself, right? So mm-hmm. as a formerly flirtatious person, <laughs> who um, probably didn't have a true uh, romantic interest in a lot of people who I just like loved and like celebrated. It's like, oh my God, you're fantastic. You're amazing. You're wonderful. Like, oh my God, you're, you're wonderful. And then people would be like, oh my God, she's so into me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> she totally is digging me. Like, And then at the end of the day, I'm like, whoa, whoa, Nelly, what's going on here? <laughs> right? <laughs> Eddie, are you okay? <laughs> right? Um, so, like, I get now, like, how that is absolutely confusing. A lot of times people who, like, get a lot of um, flirtatious attention give attention that way, right? Mm. So, they're just like, if I see something in you that is, you know, that I am attracted to, it might not be you relationship wise, but I'm totally attracted to you musically. Like, oh, like I love your mind. Oh, I love your writing, right? And so I'm really like big up in you and celebrating this thing, which she clearly wanted you to come and be a part of this project. But the line gets blurred um, because she's clearly playing with sexuality. She admits that she, she doesn't feel like she is straight but she probably hasn't had any experiences to make her gay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, any concrete experiences. And so she's just in the buffet of life playing around, not thinking about you're taking this seriously, right? And so there's a, a, a half-heartedness that goes into these experiences because you are just out there just, you know, living La Vida Loca (laughs) and not really taking into consideration that people are, are getting their feelings mixed up in it. And so then when somebody comes up and they're just like, I can't believe you treated me like this. You're like, what? I don't understand. (laughs) I just can't believe you would feel that way. I'm so nice to you. Right. But you know, but, but she doesn't even really even have that attitude. She completely just flipped the script almost instantaneously, at least it seems, you know, where she's like, oh, you're just like all the men, you mm-hmm. know, and you're making me, and you're making me revisit my past traumas, completely not sitting present with her input with, with her, how she yes. created the situation, you know, and, and speaking, you know, something you said made me think, it's like there is also, and this has been expressed to me or I've observed it, you know, from femme women who, who generally or regularly get a lot of attention whether they want it or not it still kind of makes you cognitive of a certain power that you have over people who are attracted to women Mm -hmm. who look like you and I think we need to honor that when you when you have an understanding of your power even though sometimes you wish that you wouldn't get all the attention you get Mm -hmm. but when you do get attention you then are in a a place of power to manipulate choose you can it's a choice Mm -hmm. you know you can do it consciously or subconsciously but I don't think unconsciously (laughs) <laughs> okay yeah. you know manipulate the situation based on that power that power dynamic that happens right off the bat you know right. um and so this yes can be with femmes too but even different with your situation red 
yes, I've met a lot of femmes used to getting attention, and sometimes, you know, you got to really, really decipher, listen, are you giving me energy, or you just used to getting energy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but this is slightly different because of the straight girl um, dynamic, at least as a femme, if you were truly attracted to someone, you can make that apparent, mm-hmm. you know, if someone reaches over your seatbelt, you know, even if you think they're going to kiss you or not, you if you're not interested, you say, hey, homie, I'm not interested, but you ain't going to be petrified and shit and make someone feel like an insect. You know what I mean? Like, But when know, she was asked, <laughs> when she was asked, she was pretty, in, in the beginning, she was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But like once the, the relationship is, is going further timeline-wise, mm-hmm. she said, I'm not interested. I want this to just be professional right um and so then i kind of want to push how often we're given those clear signals and we Mm -hmm. decide that they're not clear right (laughs) for you know for our own reasons right so yeah she's saying she's not into me but she did this she did that she did this and so that means she kind of is into me right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. you gotta you got to take it for, for what it is. Like if she's saying, no, I just want to do the project. Then you take the no until she gives you something else. And if you still interested, then maybe, you know, maybe you're still available. Maybe you're not, you know, but I think still, still participating in it. Like it's a relationship because you all are having like relationship arguments, right? Mm. Families involved, friends are involved and feelings are involved and all of this stuff is going on where there's no relationship like literally happening. And Mm -hmm. so I want Annie, I want you to kind of take, um, some ownership as well. Like we, we understand what, like what she's doing, right? We get that, you know, it's some bullshit. We get that, like, she should have been very clear with you and not mix signals and all of that. But Mm -hmm. she's not here, right, (laughs) in this conversation (laughs) between the three of us. And for you, like, I want you to to be clear about when you are accepting the truth and when you're not. When you're creating and crafting the truth that you want to have happen. Because you've been in a few situations with this woman that seemed off and you didn't advocate for yourself in a real concrete way. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of allow situations to go on and get bigger and get deeper and get worse because we don't want to accept that it's not going to happen, exactly. <laughs> which is kind of icky. I know it feels, uh, you know, to even say it, but yeah, she's it- just not that into you. <laughs> Oh, she doesn't know, and she is, she doesn't know. No, because she called her a hottie, so there is some attraction there, but she, what she's not into is actually being in a relationship with a woman. That's what she's not into. So she can't meet you halfway if she tried. So the only, or one, the, 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 the out that she chose, even though you tried to give her an out, we didn't really read it, but you was trying to give her these outs. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, even though that, you know, at the end of the day, she doesn't know how to get out other than to be defensive and just completely rework the situation, repaint the picture to mm-hmm. where it makes it seem like she still was in this place of power and that she was manipulated by you or, you know, the, you had all the power and you're trying to do this, you know, like, so, listen, basically, at the end of the day, you're going to have people 
play games with your head, play, you know, Jedi mind tricks, whether it's your straight girl BS or it's other fams or it's just people in life in general. But at the end of the day, and it and we've had similar letters like this, we still want to, you know, we want to make sure that you're clear that really where your power lies is when you set your boundaries, yeah. you know. And I want to say something just just to the to the both masculine women who are attracted to femmes, even the femmes that are attracted to femmes. But I'm just going to come from a masculine perspective. There is something really enticing about almost getting it. You know what I mean? Mm. When some when someone is kind of, I mean, when so, when a, when a beautiful woman or someone you're attracted to is flirting to you, that is like, you know, giblets. That's like, you know, back on. You know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you you get you want to see where this can go. It's so intoxicating and enticing. Femme women are intoxicating. You know, at least I'll speak for myself. <laughs> okay. And even though there are clear signals that, you know, this person is not fully on board or they may be playing coy or whatever, your decision have to one one you one need to understand what is someone being coy, one play the coy game, or she playing games. Right. Mm. You got to get better at kind of figuring out it earlier on. But how you get better at it is you setting boundaries. OK. And it's like if you from the top, if you're attracted to someone outside of the context of this project you're in, because I actually kind of I would have separated that at least wait till the project is over oh, before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But but a project aside, if you attracted to somebody, make your intentions clear. If they want to play core, if you like playing core, then hey, if they want to play games, know it for what it is. So, you know what? I'm good. And trust me, a lot of times if somebody, you know, was playing games, but they really was interested, but they were taught to play games at first, you know, they're going to flip the script and they're going to make it really clear that they are in interested in you. But you mm. as the person, you know, you have to set boundaries as early as a lot of femme women do and not be so, dare I say, thirsty. You know what I mean? Don't be so damn thirsty all the time, y'all. It's like you like a woman, stay scary enough, true, but if you get the gumption to go up to make your make your intentions clear and she ain't giving you, yo, I'm on board straight up, she mm -hmm. ain't at least giving you eighty percent energy, then back off. Don't waste your time. Let her make the next move. Don't be don't that thirsty shit, that will just leave you thirsty in the desert and dry. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do and, agree. And, and you're inviting <laughs> and you're inviting someone to kind of play games with you if they're that kind of person. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. All yeah. right, Annie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we mm -hmm. hope we helped a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes, we want to affirm you that, you know, homegirl did. She did play games with you. And mm -hmm. how much she's aware of that, who knows, who gives a shit. Let it go. But moving forward... You need to set boundaries. That's what me and uh, Red are trying to say. Mm -hmm. um, with whomever, and and she's young. She's twenty four, so I get it. It's like yum 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 yum. Yeah. Yum, 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 yum. What's possible? Am I really really? Mm -hmm. No, no. You deserve better. You deserve someone to be as equally attracted to you as you are to them. Everyone deserves that. Yeah. yeah. And take a little more time before you're ready for relationship too. Like. Get to know the people like don't, you know, see how they move in different situations, because had you not been present and ready for this to move to the next level and you were just paying attention to her like you would have seen a whole lot of things. Her pulling mm -hmm. people in at the, the resort and ignoring them. Like, you would have been able to see that for what it was if you weren't so excited that the energy was for you, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, he was. gets ignored. <laughs> Look at him. He's trying to holler, and she's not paying him no attention. And she all thinking about me. 
ah, but when it was your turn mm-hmm. to be the one sitting there not getting the attention, like you really could have peeped that out long before that happened, right? Because mm-hmm. you you need to to take some time before you're just trying to you know look in every direction. Are you the one? Are you the one? Are you the one? <laughs> right? Just trying to see like who people are, how they move, like what they're what they're about, really. <laughs> Exactly. Before you, you like not, them. <laughs> exactly. And you should not be getting jealous of anybody that's going to flinch when you just get near them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't feel the, 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 when the, I, you know, in rereading this, the whole bit with the jealousy, I was like, why are you feeling, I understand where jealousy comes from, but that all jealousy is, is you were creating a narrative that she didn't share. Mm-hmm. You know? And so in your narrative, her kind of playing cutesy with this dude or the other bandmate or whatever you're in your head, you're freaking the fuck out. But you didn't need to. Because why are you being jealous over what? 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 You ain't losing nothing. You ain't gaining nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so there. And right. it's kind of the whole she's trying to make me jealous assumption places you in a position that you yeah. may not even be in because yeah. she might not even be thinking about you at all right mm-hmm. <laughs> to be mm-hmm. trying to make you jealous right <laughs> and and why do we think jealousy is such a great thing to continuously be it's not Mm-mm. it's the worst emotion it's the absolute worst yeah, you are imprisoned it's, 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 it's probably the only it's probably one of the only emotions that we create for ourselves with others that literally imprisons you. Cause it's like when you're really in it, it's hard to get out of it. And you're so hard to gain perspective when you're jealous. Mm-hmm. So you gotta try and like, when you feel jealousy come, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like literally say it out loud. Okay, I'm feeling jealousy over a woman that flirts with me, but does not go beyond that point. She has not committed to me in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Okay, we are not girlfriends. We're not even best of friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? So sometimes you got to say it outside to kind of cut that jealousy off of the past because it's, it, was, it wasn't warranted. It just wasn't warranted. And jealousy you know? is based on insecurity. Yeah. Which is also yucky. Which you were. Yeah. <laughs> in this context. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Okay. Okay. We, we gave you 30 minutes, honey. So I hope that within that 30 minutes that, you know, you got some clarity around this specific uh, situation and situations in, in, in the future um, that come your way. Okay. Yay. Thanks, baby. All right. All right. Um, all right. So let's move on, girl. Okay. <laughs> all right. So um, our the last clip we're going to share with you this month from uh, you people um, is a clip. Um, okay. So there's an incident that happened just to set it up. Uh, we're not going to literally um, play the actual incident that happened in um, the brownstorm most so how we reacted to it a little bit, but um, so you know one of the, one of the uh, uh, the women in uh, Brownstone, um, Deepa Soul, um, she had a moment where we I think people was just talking in the kitchen or something, right? Um, and uh, somehow we got on the topics of mothers or oh no 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 we got on the topics of how do you def- what is, what the hell is a bulldog or where did that come from or something like that, right? And um, mm-hmm. D just kind of went to another place where she shared with everyone how her mother 
essentially, essentially her mother was abusive towards her, verbally abusive and at some point physically abusive um, and how Dee protected herself. At some point she had to hit her mother and because her mother not just, you know, completely, you know, called her a bulldog and all kinds of shit, but also put her hands on her. You know, her mother had her issues and Dee had to be raised in this, right? And so you can, I'm going to pass it to you because you kind of, you know, Red kind of spoke to that. So I'm going to play this clip and it's basically you know, um, Red's initial kind of just, you know, uh, basically it starts this overall conversation in our relationship to our parents, you know, and how Mm -hmm. parental, like our parents' expectation of us, you know, um, when we don't meet that for whatever reason, um, how it can affect everyone's life, you know, um, and I, I mean, I'll just play it and then we can talk about it. Okay. All right. Let me just play it. All right. Here we go. (laughs) Boom. Well, you look on the, the, how, the how, but on my thing, I mean, I mean, I know. Yes. On the other side, yeah. you gotta connect with her pain with that. Well, I did. I connected with it. I did. But you know, on the same you time, have this this vision and this fairy tale yeah, of what your baby's gonna be. I understand all of that stuff. I know, but even they still, you have to connect to that. Recently, I guess earlier in that summer, my mom had just expressed some things to me and that she was uncomfortable with uh, my lifestyle and what I was going to be doing with, you know, to the children, you know, if they saw me um, being a lesbian and she felt like she didn't know who I was anymore. Um, And so I have been dealing with a lot of those things and she felt like, you know, the daughter that she had was gone. When you get down to the core of it, being called the bull and dagger by your mother and her believing that it was her right to call me that as if it was supposed to change who I was or as if it was supposed to make me feel like, oh, I don't know. You did. And they kept telling my mother, get off of her. Get off so she was really, you didn't feel like she loved you underneath oh, dude, it was it wasn't, writing. It wasn't about, it wasn't even about the love because I know that you got to love your child enough to carry them all the way through. My thing is, she was too stuck on her plan, <laughs> and she wasn't seeing what she had given birth to. But you know, and so she, that, that all she kept seeing was the, the gay. But that I'm saying that principle is universal. That's yeah, not yes. just about gay. Because yeah. whenever a parent is stuck on a vision, yeah. and they're like, "You are doing this," that's it. I understand my children, and you know, I have goals for them and dreams for them and you know I try to make sure that they're in line with each other when I can but I have expectations and I know that you know it would be difficult if you know those things didn't happen on the out for to the outside world I know a lot of people have questioned my motherhood plenty of times and I've had to um I've had to write emails and check people on that because they would always say, when I first came out as trans, um, people were like, well, well, how's Mandy doing? And so to me, that connection comes really clearly with um, the outside world sees this because I am not in any kind of freaking box. I am all out there. I'm everywhere. I am not the typical parent. He, just he, he, not trans. And it's funny, everything I've ever told my daughter um, the first thing she always said was, well, are you happy? And I'm like, yes, I'm very happy. She said, well, that's all that matters. She said, I only have one question for you. Do I have to call you dad? And then I said, she said, because I, I have a dad. 
And I was like, actually, no, I like mom. I was like, you don't have to call me dad because I really love being a mother. And I'm so attached to being a mother and that, that, that idea of motherhood in my mind, what that means is the beauty. Like, it's so crazy, like going back to the, these moments of like where we were um, at the time, like, and, and even looking at how our lives were like paralleled or we could like assist each other with things that we had been through um, because that pain was really, really mm-hmm. real. It was really raw um, at the time what, what Deepa was going through. And I hadn't even accessed my pain yet. Like I hadn't even, like I think hearing her story like gave me the permission to kind of look at what my relationship mm. was like uh, with my mom, seeing your mom mm-hmm. be there yeah, and, and participate in everything. Like people were like, yo, like either that's what I have or I wish mm-hmm. I had that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and so it's, it, it's something that we, we've talked about on the show, you know, a couple of times. Yeah. Like, it you know it's one of those heavy subjects right um parents are people mm, and they deal with their own social pressures they deal with their own like you know their friends and how their their community you know sees them and how they want to um how they want to show up and be represented in those spaces and sometimes we come through and like kick all that shit over. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck your dreams, mom. <laughs> um, hell, I'm going through it now. Like my son is testing. <laughs> I'm like, boy, you gonna wake up? It's gonna be a recruiter standing over you. <laughs> Oh God! Don't step in the army now. Now with this crazy fool in office, <laughs> but <laughs> exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it's it's so timely that that this is what we're discussing now because like, I, okay, so my best friend, when I was struggling with my mom, you know, transitioning into the LGBT community, <laughs> her mother damn near threw her a coming out party. <laughs> My best friend, like her family got together. They had like an intervention type of thing where they told her that they didn't care. She was gay. They loved her and her cousins were there. It was like, if anybody say something about my gay cousin, I'm about to go off. Like they better not blah, blah, blah. And she was like, yep, that's not me. That's my best friend. That's gay. <laughs> not even, yeah. not even gay. But can she come over here and get some of this love? Cause she needs Oh, that's it. like your best friend was straight. That's hilarious. Yes. That's hilarious. So they gave her a coming out party thinking that because she was, oh yeah. my gosh, that is, because that, <laughs> they were like, they didn't know if we were together or if like we was both gay. They were proactive we were with it. I love it. They were I totally, love it. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so like for her to have like that type of support, I was like, you know how many kids? <laughs> Out here in this world, need just a piece mm-hmm. of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was beautiful to see you have that, right? 
it was beautiful to see, like, even though I'm sure you all went through all of your, your struggles or whatever, like what it's like on the other side of that. And I think, you know, what, what I know now, 10 years later, like my mom and I are totally yeah. in a different yeah. place, yeah. you know, totally in a different place. And I remember when that um, campaign came out, like the, it gets better. <laughs> right? We, you know, I participated in it. I did my little video, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, for yeah, the yeah, but I totally was doing it cheek, like in a cheeky kind of way. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't got better yet for me, yet. but it, I sure it don't get better. Yeah, it ain't better yet. <laughs> But it did. It did. My mom has spent, like, she came to visit one time, stayed for six oh, months. Oh, say word. Oh, like, that's Really? Tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's, you know, I mean, that's one reason why, like, in the film, um, we, I mean, or I, the way that I edited it was, okay, what happened in, in you know, with D kind of sparked an overall conversation about, quote, unquote, motherhood. Mm-hmm. And then my mother, like you said, my mom, um, was, you know, just the opposite. She was very, you know, supportive. And, and she went through her journey, too. At first, she didn't know how to react to me mm-hmm. as well, you know. But at that point in my life, she, you know, I had already come out to her. You know, it already been well over, like, 10, 15 years or something like that. And, well, not that, 10 years. And so, and then we kind of went to um, um, Ignacio, who at the time of the film, and, and still does identify as a trans man. But prior to that, you know, or rather... Um, Anasio said something really cool. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, you know, people question my motherhood. You know, it's like I want yeah. to be identified as, you know, um, a mother. Because like you said, I think her daughter, yeah. um, his daughter, like, was like, you know, do I have to call you dad? I already got a dad. She's like, nah, 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 nah. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your mom. And I thought that, fun. Yeah. I've never really heard that said out loud within the trans community. Maybe it has been said, but not on record. And I thought it was yeah. so powerful about Ignacio saying that as a trans man saying, you know, separating the idea of motherhood being attached to a body or a sense of womanhood. And yes, essentially it mm-hmm. is, but the act of motherhood the act of raising yeah. and rearing a child in a maternal way, you know, that is something mm-hmm. that he refused to let go of because that was a part of his identity. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that I, I just had that just, that was really eye-opening for me. Like, I, you know, learned so mm-hmm. much just from that one sentence that he had said. You know, I was like, yes, yeah. you can. You can be so complex as a person. You know, it is, and then I also like expanded that with you know running mm-hmm. the house, yes. so to speak. <laughs> you know, and all of the children that you know that I took in and and raised to adulthood, and and are out in the world now, being independent. Like, yo, motherhood looked a lot different for me for the children that I birthed to the children that I like mm-hmm. took in, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's it's such a complex relationship because like at one of the graduations, um, I had to acknowledge the biological mother, <laughs> like kind of, you know, allow her to take stage in front, even though she, I have been the primary caregiver for so long. Like, and the way that she kind of was like, nah, you come mm. on with me. You know, <laughs> because like we had to, to understand like what mothering looks like and what it what it feels like and that it can be completely mm-hmm. different 
Like I have, you know, my mom and I got CC. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like CC gets called yeah. mommy, like mom and all of that. And my mother, you know, has to understand that like that's that that relationship is what it is, and it can transition and 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 look differently in different yeah. ways. Yeah, yeah. And so that was just you know one of the you know many beautiful points you know. Um, about the film that I'm glad was caught, you know, on film. And just, you know, I mean, I don't think the yeah. film is as, is as great as the people who were in the brownstone those those two days. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, am, to this day, you know, people's one of my, one of my, one of my uh, art, pro- an art project that I think I'm, yeah, it's up there, it's, I'm most proud of. Um, because of the community mm-hmm. that created, because of um, the blessing that was, the, the the friends I had at the time or the community I had at the time and mm-hmm. the new community that was created with the film and these strong people yeah. in this house under these conditions, what that then created and then all the people that the film then affected once it was out. You know, that, yeah. I mean, that's what we want as an artist. We want to be present with our work. We want to create work that, have, that impacts not just the people who watch or view or interact with the work, but the people who also create the work, the community that creates the work. You know, um, mm-hmm. that that was just a win-win um, for me, and I just feel blessed to have been um, a part of it. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? I agree. Yeah. Totally so, agree. so listen, y'all. Um, we're going to take a break. We're going to take a month break, so we will not be coming to you for the next four weeks. The first week of September is mm-hmm. when we'll come back at you. Um, I want to, during that time, we will be posting things on the IG page. Um, I'm going to also get around to posting some clips from you people. Um, so you can actually see, I know you're hearing it on the podcast, but I actually see the people. Um, so all those clips that I, you know, had shown this past month, I'll kind of put them up on the thing. Um, and if you, we, we, we want to introduce this film for, um, you know, for a couple of reasons. One, I think that there's a whole generation that doesn't know about the film. Um, and, and yeah. I think that, um, though there is, there are time stamps on the film, like at the, that time, you know, marriage wasn't legal. So people were talking about that in the film. And mm-hmm. so that's, it's, it's, it's kind of an artifact in that way. It's an archive of a, a stamp, a moment in time. Um, but the things that are timeless through it. And I want more people or I want this new generation um, of LGBTQ and, and straight allies um, and just straight folks in general <laughs> to see the film to better understand us, all right? Us understanding mm-hmm. us and them understanding um, us. So I'm just going to put this out here. If you are interested um, in having your gay aunties maybe come to your college, um, we can do a your gay aunties live thing. We can also um, screen the film because I, I know me and Red have done many college gays. I know how y'all got to get money to make mm-hmm. shit happen. They got to be an educational component. Right, right. And it's like... <laughs> you got to partner with another organization. Exactly. So the film helps you, you know, connect to the different, um, the different departments, <laughs> department heads <laughs> to get that screw, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so you're getting, you know, kind of, you know, two for one, you bang for your buck. So if you're interested in that of course you know how to reach us at your gay aunties at gmail.com and i can send you any kind of epk or press pack that you need um or you can holler at us on instagram um dm us at your gay aunties and 
if you just want to support us in general and you got some extra summer screw, yes. you want to pass our way, <laughs> you know, or if you want to commit to us for a regular, um, you know, monthly, um, uh, we're going to take a little couple of dollars every little month with whatever you can spare every month. Um, that would be wonderful too. You can holler at us on patreon.com slash your gay aunties. And I just want to say also the pay, my, our Patreon site is bare ass empty right now. It's just been a deposit for those who want to support us, but I'm better understanding Patreon now. And I know we got to start putting up content. So I'm just going to kind of upload a lot of shit <laughs> that we've been putting on Instagram, kind of put it on Patreon. So there's something there for y'all and we'll find a way to con continue that subscription. But we appreciate those who um, continue to support us um, and, and want to invite you all to support us. Yay. Yes. Yay. Yes. yes. Wonderful. This is amazing and, and emotional. <laughs> <laughs> and a great way to, to tr transition into this break. And I'm very thankful to be at episode 50. Yes. <laughs>